Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to today's Getting to Know Your Neighbors podcast. My name is Eric Lindborg, and I'm an active member at First Church Orlando, and I also serve on the Media and Communications Committee. Recently, Jason Locker joined our church staff as our new choir director. Today, I'm joined by Jason, and I'm excited to have the opportunity to spend some time today getting to know him and learning more about leading the choir and his plans for the future. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's great to be with you. It really is. Let's start with the basics. Could you just tell me and our listeners a little bit more about you, where you're from, your personal life, and you know what motivates you in life, and, and maybe touch on your, your Christian faith journey, if you could. Sure. Um, so I am a native Floridian, born and raised down in South Florida, uh, originally from Palm Beach area, West Palm Beach. And um, I uh, have grown up in this environment in, uh, our, our lovely state and, uh, made my way around. Um, I, uh, have shared with lots of folks so far, my, uh, sort of university life, which has bounced me around to some of our state's colleges. I got my bachelor's degree at the university of Florida. Uh, and then I did a master's program at Florida state. And I'm working on a PhD currently at the University of South Florida over in Tampa. So uh, uh, my apologies to the home uh, crowd because uh, UCF didn't make my list, uh, but uh, three of our other state colleges, yes. Um, I did also spend uh, three years along the way in the Atlanta area, decided I wanted to uh, sort of uproot and just change, have a change of scenery. And uh, I did love it there, but ultimately it was short-lived because Florida's home and, and uh, the, the bulk of my family lives in Florida. So after just a couple years up there, I decided it was time to come back uh, to the Sunshine State. Um, you know, and, and my faith journey, uh, I come from a, a family where we were raised, uh, my sisters and I, as uh, uh two and sometimes three uh, time a week church attenders. We were Sunday morning, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday night, church going family, um, and uh, all through my childhood. And um, ever since I finished college and started my professional life, um, I have always been a part of church music. So whether it was as a singer in the choir uh, for many years, and then uh, more recently, for about the last decade, um, serving as a church choir director. Wow, that that what what an awesome way to to be raised in a family where you're in the house of God at least three times a week. That 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 certainly sets you off on the right tangent. And I have to comment on your your university. So I'm a proud Gator. 
I have a, a daughter at UF and I have another daughter that's an FSU grad. Um, so I'm, I'm with you on that. And as far as the USF Bulls, go Bulls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you have made your way around. Hey, um, so, so y- what a journey you've had. So how did you find us? How did you end up hearing about this opportunity and, and ultimately coming to work here? Well, uh, one of the stories that I've shared with some folks through the uh, interview process and getting started here at First Church is that my very first time uh, being in, in the, the First Church building was many years ago when I was still an undergrad at UF. Um, so it would have been, you know, probably the late 90s at some point. I don't know exactly when. Um, but uh, as an undergraduate music ed major uh, up in Gainesville, we heard about the uh, very well-known, famous St. Olaf Choir uh, from Minnesota was going to be putting on a concert in Orlando, uh, and a bunch of us uh, choral nerds um, up there at the university decided we were going to take a little road trip down to Orlando to see the concert. And so that was my first time uh, seeing and hearing the St. Olaf Choir live. And it was also my first time at First Church Orlando for any uh, event. And uh, it was uh, obviously a memorable evening because here I am, you know, 20 years later uh, uh, talking about it. Uh, But it was an amazing program. And I know they've uh, uh, done many concerts at First Church. So that was uh, my first time in the building. And then more recently, um, I moved to Orlando uh, just about two years ago in August of 2019. Um, And at that time, I had uh, attended a handful of different concert programs at First Church. Um, One of the professional associations I belong to is the American Choral Directors Association and and the Florida uh, chapter of ACDA had their conference at First Church in fall of 2019. Um, So and and then, you know, this summer I I was aware that there had been um, an interim uh, choir director situation at First Church and largely uh, dealing with COVID and virtual services like we were dealing with at my church as well, uh, which is over in uh, Winter Haven uh, prior to this. And so I uh, just kind of happened upon the announcement that there was a search on for a a new uh, permanent choir director, and I decided to go ahead and apply. Um, like Like I said, I have been at a church in Winter Haven, so it was about an hour's drive of each way from home. And uh, obviously this, this drive now, I think is about 10 or 12 minutes. So it's, it's uh, wonderful. Much better. So we, so we owe it to St. Olaf's choir for uh, you initially uh, coming to the church and experience, by the way, uh, you mentioned the building and as a, as a musician, what do you think about the sanctuary and the space? What's special about that? Oh, it's fantastic. Um, I didn't mention that a a few years back, I was a member of a choir that did a concert at First Church, the Festival Singers of Florida, uh, which I still belong to. And we did a concert uh, with the Nairobi Chamber Chorus uh, here at First Church not too long ago. I I can't remember a few years back. 
And uh, just as a singer in, in the building, it is so gratifying to be able to be in a, such a, a wonderful space. It's both um, visually uh, beautiful uh, and it is also um, acoustically uh, just a fantastic place to make music. It is an incredible space. So I, I, my family and I tend to uh, participate in the contemporary service, and we'll talk more about that later in our conversation. But I always, as I leave the church, I go into the sanctuary for a moment to to candidly breathe it in and and feel the spirit. And I and I pray there's something about that space that's just um, inc- truly incredible. Yes, uh, I. Uh... Since I've started here a little over a month ago, I uh, every uh, Sunday morning I tend to um, park uh, across the street and uh, I'll come in sort of by the fountain uh, and in the glass doors there right beside the sanctuary. And, you know, it's still, I don't know, eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. So the, the sanctuary has no lights on, but mm-hmm. uh, walking by and kind of glancing in and seeing the reflection of the stained glass against the, just really beautiful. It is. Everything about that space is extraordinary and you're going to help us make it even better. Well, I certainly hope so. (laughs) So uh, I know that you, you wear many hats uh, in all of them in in leadership and you um, are a senior administrator with Orange County Public Schools and I know that you've got leadership positions in the Florida Music Education Association and the Florida Vocal Association. So Jason, how the heck do you keep it all going? Um, very, very carefully. Uh, I, I tell you, I keep, um, uh, do my best to keep a very detailed calendar because it uh, certainly uh, can uh, get busy and, and hectic with the different responsibilities. But um, I like to keep myself busy. I always have. That's been kind of a lifelong uh, character trait of mine. I, I um, certainly uh, uh, get my downtime when I, when I can uh, and, and rest up. Uh, but then once I, once I get up in the morning, I really desire to go, go, go and, and, uh, and keep busy. Um, so I, I really enjoy all of the things that I do. I enjoy my day job working with OCPS. Um, I enjoy, uh, the positions of, uh, responsibility that I have within my professional associations in music education. Um, and I also really enjoy, uh, uh, very much so on a, on a very personal level, um, my involvement in the faith community, um, just from a musical standpoint, uh, serving as choir director, but also um, I, I desire my own soul to be fed, you yes. know, um, participating in a, a faith community is incredibly important to me. What a blessing. I've uh, you know, been enjoying the sermon series we're going through now on work and how, you know, our work uh, is our mission, you know, is our mission field. And we've got an opportunity to glorify God in in everything that we do. And um, you really have an opportunity because you're dealing with students, administrators, volunteers, uh, the, the whole run, the whole gamut. Speaking of dealing with a lot of people, let's get to the basics. So you're the choir director. How the heck do you build a choir? Where do you start? 
Yeah. So uh, it's it's in a situation like this, obviously, I'm stepping into a, a situation where the group is already uh, present, has been in existence for many years. Um, I, I like to talk about, um, uh, and I did when I was a school teacher as well, teaching chorus in high school, that um, we are all of us, whether we're the director or the members, we're temporary stewards of an organization. Um, an organization was around long before us and will continue to be around long after we are not part of it anymore. Mm. It's an institution. And so I feel a very great uh, uh, level of responsibility that's placed on my shoulders whenever I walk into a new uh, situation directing a group. Um, I did in my in my school jobs and in my previous church job as well. So the the same is true here. You know, I'm walking into a, a, an organization that has a long uh, and excellent and proud history, and I want to make sure that you know for whatever amount of time I'm fortunate enough to be here, um, that I am a good steward of the organization and do my best to uh, uh, promote excellence in worship uh, and leave it as good, if not, hopefully better. And I know you will. And it's, I'm glad you, you brought up the church's tradition there because, you know, First Church does have a, a rich commitment to music and arts, and it's part of what makes our church so special. Um, what role in particular do you think the choir plays in serving not just our church, but our community? Because as we're called to seek, love, and serve, it's beyond the building. How does the choir serve our, our broader, broader community? Yeah, I think that, um, I've said this before, that I, um, uh, I think that singing almost takes our, our prayer, uh, our, our, the words mm. of prayers, and makes them three-dimensional. Um, it it just adds a whole another dimension and level of depth uh, to our our prayer life and our worship life, um, and so to me, singing is is such an intensely um, personal part of my worship experience, and I know that's true also for our choir members, and I want to make sure that we are doing everything we can, not just to support the weekly worship life of First Church and its members, but I mean, I truly believe that the purpose of church in general is, is not so much for uh, the members only, but also for the members of the church to minister out into the community and the world. And so what is that going to look like? Um, I don't know for sure yet, uh, but I know that we are going to um, approach everything that we do with excellence and hopefully not only minister to the body of believers that gathers in the building weekly, but invite the community in uh, as well as uh, the choir and our, our members going out into the community and serving and loving our neighbor. Amen. Amen. And uh, I, you know, I, I do think that our church in particular in the downtown community over the years has 
has served the broader community along and the St. Olaf choir is a great example. We, we, we put on these wonderful events in that beautiful building. And, um, it is one of the ways that we can, we can outreach to the community, not just to reach to them, but to serve them. So it's, it's so great to hear you've got uh, sort of a continuity around that. So, so now we can be real for a little bit. So you've been around the church, uh, for a couple months and uh, made some observations, I'm sure. And I'm sure you've seen some things that maybe we, we do quite well. And maybe there's some areas where we could maybe elevate our music and worship programs. So what have you seen and what are you thinking? <laughs> well, um, I have uh, had a few weeks ahead of time before, before I really, really got started to just kind of come in and observe um, I, I really love, uh, pr- really everything that I've seen. Um, some of the things that I really, um, have enjoyed are the immense resources of talent, uh, uh the, just the folks that are in first church that are, uh, possess incredible musical gifts. Um, I have, uh, enjoyed, uh, our, our, uh, our, our keyboard folks, Linda, um, uh, who works with the choir, our organist, um, uh, the vocalists, not just the choir as a whole, but different vocal soloists that I've heard, the handbell choirs, um, uh, the the contemporary worship team, uh, everything that I've seen, I've been really overwhelmed with the levels of excellence all around and, and just the depth of musical gifts. I think when I was first uh, considering applying for the position over the summer, I decided to just tune in online to a Sunday morning service. And uh, I think one of the very first things I heard, it happened to be a Sunday that the handbells were playing. Mm-hmm. I heard the handbell choirs. I heard the chancel choir. I heard the organ. Mm. Uh, I think Scott Radloff was playing a bassoon solo. Uh, just there was music upon music upon music, and it was fantastic. Um, so uh, I just, again, I hope that in in whatever small way I can with the gifts that I've been given, that I can contribute to that overall um, excellence in music and worship that exists at First Church. Well, that seed was planted a, a long time ago in the late 90s when you came to that concert. So uh, I know that God's got big things in store for, for you and what we're going to do at church. So you mentioned uh, contemporary music and uh, contemporary worship, and there's always sort of a robust debate around sacred slash traditional worship versus a modern or contemporary worship. Um what are your views around how we can have excellence in both? And um, why do you think both forms of music or, or do you think both forms of music are important to our future in our church? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, I, I will say, you know, I mentioned growing up in a two to three time a week church going family, but we were, um, in a more evangelical tradition, uh, we attended an Assembly of God church throughout my childhood, um, and so praise band, um, what we would consider more of a modern worship style, is uh, really kind of what I was used to in my years growing up. Um, going then into college and so forth, I, when I started really 
um, training as a music student, um, of course, my training turned more onto the classical side. Um, and then coming out of college, I sang in Episcopal church choirs, Methodist church choirs, et cetera, and, and more of a traditional worship style, which was largely as a result of my training as a, as a choral director. So, um, but I will say that I have a very, personally, a very eclectic taste, I think, in music. And I uh, like a wide variety of music. Um, but I will say that um, a very big part of my personal faith journey and, and the formation of my spirituality um, took place in my childhood when I was attending a church that had a much more mm -hmm. modern worship style. Um, so I think that it is important. I embrace it. Um, as well as the traditional worship, I think that um, one of the beautiful things about God and about music is that there are different types of music that God can use to, to minister to us and to touch us. Um, and if it is the traditional worship style with the organ and the choir and the handbells and uh, all the other elements there that speaks to you. I think that God can speak through that and work in your life. And if it is a more modern worship and musical style um, with the praise team, praise band that speaks to you, uh, I think that God can equally minister to us through that. And so I think that our connection with music is a very personal thing, just like our connection with our Heavenly Father. And, mm. uh, and, and he can speak to us uh, and it, through whichever medium um, that he chooses. So you believe then we can have the three-dimensional worship experience you described in both contexts? Absolutely. And, and you know, you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned something to the effect of, uh, is, it, is it worth it or something to, to that yeah. effect? And so one thing that I've always said is that anything that's worth doing is worth doing well. So I think that it is, first of all, it is worth it uh, to have both uh, traditional worship and a modern worship experience. And even more so than because it's our gift to God, it's worth doing it to a, a standard of excellence. Amen. Amen. That's the one, the one consistent theme I'm picking up through this interview is, is, is excellence and uh, everything that you will do. Well, the, given the last year and a half or so, um, you know, our church is, fundamentally changed in a lot of ways. In fact, um, everything has changed in a lot of ways. And uh, the pandemic experience has changed individuals, their habits, how they practice their faith, including the ability to sing in a choir. Um, so uh, we're coming back and we're singing and we're enjoying fellowship, but, but what are your thoughts around how this pandemic experience is going to sort of change worship life going forward. And I believe like anything else, there's, there's good in all things. God, God has good in all of his plans. Um, so what do you think about that? Coming out of a weird time, what's the future look like? Yeah, you know, um, it has been a really tough time, obviously, for everyone throughout this pandemic experience. Um, 
but I know that uh, folks that thrive on music and, and who making music is a big part of their journey and of who they are, um, that it has been very, very difficult um, because really sort of our, our, our lifeblood, uh, we've had to kind of put on hold for a while. Um, and uh, But I think that in so doing, though, though we've kind of mourned that a loss of being able to sing for a period of time, uh, I think that um, we're we're maybe even treasuring the experience that much more as it starts. Mm. Um, and of course we've been able to, to sing by ourselves in our homes, just like we've been able to do uh, a lot of things by ourselves, but it's that act of getting together uh, and, and participating in corporate singing. Mm. Uh, and, and then as people are coming back into the church as congregation as well, um, corporate worship and meeting together in the same place. Um, I think that the virtual worship services that so many churches have um, really learned how to do on the fly, mm. you know, it's kind of like building the airplane while it's, yes. in the, you know, <laughs> completely, um, but, but we've, we've learned how to do that. And it has served an incredibly important purpose of keeping us connected, even on a virtual basis, during this incredibly difficult time. But as we're able to now start coming back together in worship, um, I think, at least for me, I'm treasuring the experience that much more. Um, and of course, we're, we're still not fully back to the way we were before the pandemic, um, and, and I don't even know how that's going to look. You know, truly, we may never get back to exactly the way everything was beforehand. Um, I don't think any of us really know what that's going to look like long term. Um, but I so appreciate the opportunity that I've had over these last several months to start singing with people again. You know, and we we may uh, have to wear a mask and and for for a time, and that's certainly not my preference. I I don't enjoy singing through a mask, um, but um, I'm willing to do it if it means that I can get together with my musical family and mm -hmm. and to make music together again. I'm with you on that. In fact, I I it's funny how you say like. We, we maybe are even appreciating worship even more now than we were because we, we haven't had it. I, I've certainly have noticed that personally that in, in the services, I have been much more engaged with worship and singing and it's because we missed it and uh, we missed each other. So, but what I heard you say, I think is, is um, really important. And that is uh, sounds like, you know, we, we can preserve a lot of the tradition and a lot of the, the good and wonderful um, music and arts work that we've done, but we've got an opportunity here to sort of pivot to more of a sort of a hybrid model. I know that's an overused term, but in doing that, we can reach a lot of people that we maybe not would not have reached a couple of years ago. So absolutely. And, and I really think that one of the most tragic um, outcomes of this whole pandemic experience would be if we learned nothing from it. 
Amen. <laughs> We've certainly <laughs> learned how to get uh, food delivered really well. So, and uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have some fun. This may be a pretty tough question for you, but um, okay. what, what would be your favorite traditional hymn? And for bonus points, what would be your favorite piece of choral music? Oh, my. Um, it's it would such be a broad question. Um, I think that, uh, one of, gosh, I've got so many, there was a sort of a joke in my previous church choir, um, before I came to first church that every few weeks, you know, some hymn would come up and I would say, oh, this week we're singing my favorite hymn. And then a few weeks later, a different hymn would come up and I say, oh, this is my favorite hymn. We're doing my favorite hymn this, this. So there are any favorites, but I think if I really had to drill down and say one, it would probably be It Is Well With My Soul. That I just, you know, knowing some of the backstory of, of how those words were written, um, it just means so much to me that, um, you know, the, the writer went through such incredible personal uh, but was still able to to say even even through all of this incredibly uh, devastating experience, I know that God's got me, and it's it's still well with my soul. Um, that I think is kind of my overall favorite hymn. If I had to choose just one, and it, 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 I got a comment on that before we go to the sacred work because I you, the listeners couldn't see me rock back in my chair when you said that, but um, it is my also my favorite hymn, and it's also uh, the words that are on my mother's headstone um, mm-hmm. because that was the hymn that that she lived lived in life and uh, taught to me. So man, um, <laughs> that hit me hard. That's a good. That's. I was also commenting, by the way, and the listeners can't see us, but uh, I've decided that Jason and I do look similar, and uh, so maybe we are related somehow. <laughs> it could be. Who knows? Oh, goodness. So so now you've given me a little bit of time also to think about the second part of your question, which is my favorite, my favorite choral piece. Yep. Um, and that, that's also a very tough one. Um, but I'm going to cheat a little bit, I guess, um, and say it, it's really not originally a choral piece, but it's an instrumental piece, but it's been rewritten in every instrumentation imaginable, including for acapella voices. Mm. And that is the Barbara Adagio for strings it is my favorite piece of music. Um, and there is a fantastic uh, choral version um, on, on the Agnus Dei text uh, that is just phenomenal. You've given me some homework. I have to go listen to that. <laughs> Thank Barbara Adagio for strings. Um, but I will also say, uh, and, the, and the choir members, uh, I think, already know this about me, or, or they would probably, is that my favorite current choral composer uh, that that I just love just about everything he's written is Dan Forrest. Um, we've done, uh, I think we've done a, at least one of his pieces already. Uh, if, oh yeah, my very first Sunday, we did a Dan Forrest uh, and um, uh, Lord of the Small on August 29th, my first Sunday. 
Um, but uh, he is a living uh, uh, composer of choral music, and I am a fan of pretty much everything he's written. Very appropriate that that was your one of your first pieces performed in your new job. Absolutely. So uh, back to building a choir, and we'll start to close on this. So um, for listeners who may be interested in um, participating in the choir, joining the choir, uh, what would you say to them? How do they get in touch? Well, I would say that um, first and foremost, there is no... Uh, no experience necessary. Uh, uh, for me, the qualification is uh, loving God and wanting to voice in song. Uh, and and we can uh, we can teach other things uh, as needed. So it, you know you don't have to be a wonderfully accomplished singer uh, in order to join the choir. I find in the churches where I've served um, that sometimes that's a barrier for folks who might be interested in singing. Um, but they feel like joining the choir is sort of inaccessible to them um, because they don't feel that they have enough skill to join. And, uh, and my message is that that's nonsense. Uh, uh, anyone who wants to come and sing is welcome to come and sing with me. And, uh, and I will, um, and the choir members, I think, will embrace everyone and uh, help them along. So we uh, we are rehearsing on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Um, and it's an hour and a half rehearsal. And then we just gather about a half an hour before church on Sunday at 1030 in the choir room up upstairs on the second floor. And uh, and we have a great time. One one of the things that I would say is that it's not only about um, the music and the uh, the excellence and the worship, uh, but it's also about the uh, family environment for me among the choir members. Whether it has been my school choirs when I was in the classroom, my church choirs, um, both as a singer and as now a director, um, I always have considered my uh, my singing colleagues as a second family. And so uh, I, I, my message would be, if you're interested in joining the choir, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, please, please come and join us. And, uh, and I can be uh, reached through the church as well if people want to contact me directly uh, first to ask some questions. Um, but uh, the doors are open wide and, uh, and all are welcome. I love it have a love of God and a love of music and a love of community. Um, come. Absolutely. Love it. So um, are, is there anything that I didn't ask you or anything that's on your mind that you'd like to, to share with the church that I missed? Um, well, I think that it is probably very important. Everyone knows that I have a, a little dog. Um, I, uh, he, he's uh, he's very jealous of my time because because I'm gone so much. He's uh, curled up right here beside my feet as we're, as we're talking. And uh, uh, but no, I I have a, a little Chihuahua. He's my, uh, my companion. His name is Ricky, um, and uh, he's about nine years old. And uh, he gets whatever uh, whatever is left of my time is devoted to to my little dog Ricky. Oh, 
can't wait to meet Ricky. I am a huge <laughs> dog lover as well. So I feel you. I think that there ought to be a, I don't know if there's not already, we should have a bring your dog to church day. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would be all about that. He would, he would, uh, uh, I think love to, uh, around the choir loft <laughs> and make a bunch of new friends. Well, I think I just heard a new opportunity for another ministry <laughs> or, at least, <laughs> or at least an opportunity for us to bring the community together. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Jason, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And on behalf of First Church Orlando, we just want to thank you for your service, your dedication, um, everything you're doing to invest in this church. And uh, we really are thrilled and grateful to have you. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to uh, join you and have this conversation today. Um, I have loved my time at First Church already, and I'm looking forward to wonderful days ahead. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.